0: Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. Well, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Joe. Uh, Welcome to Saving Grace Church. I'm one of the pastors here. And I'm very excited about today's message. And uh, like Sean said, there are a number of kids in the room. So kids, we're excited that you're here in the room today. I'm excited for what God's going to speak to you today. And um, just for all ages, this is not a children's message, but this is an all ages message. So my attempt is going to be to um, preach in such a way that all ages are encouraged and encounter the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for another day that you want to show your power To us your love to us your mercy to us and I pray for this particular passage that you would uh, deeply impress it on our minds and hearts I pray that uh, we would remember this passage for life and it would give us great hope and faith and encouragement and a, a strong awareness of your love and care for us and we ask all this in your name amen all right so kids in the room And adults in the room, teens in the room, we're going to do a little activity. I'm going to show you a picture. If you know who the picture is or what the picture is, please say it out loud. So we can have the first image. Who knows who that is? That is Scrappy-Doo. That is not Scooby-Doo. That is Scrappy-Doo. Who is Scrappy-Doo? Scooby-Doo's nephew. Okay, good job. Next image, please. Who is the man in the blue, the shorter man? Say it loud. Muggsy Bogues, Bogues, not Spud Webb. He's actually five inches shorter than Spud Webb. Muggsy Bogues, a professional basketball player in the 80s um, at a whopping five foot three inches tall. And that's Patrick Ewing who he's guarding. Okay, last image. Tell me what this is. Specifically, it is a ghost pepper. Eric, I hope that's correct. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to connect in your mind. Scrappy-Doo, Muggsy Bogues, and a ghost pepper. What do you think they have in common? Small but powerful. Beautiful. Small but powerful. Scrappy-Doo, he was one of my favorite uh, cartoon characters growing up. He had a lot of spunk even though it was in a very small package. Muggsy Bogues. was good enough to be drafted in the NBA and have a successful NBA career um, at five foot three inches tall. I I actually spent quite a bit of time watching videos of him playing basketball this week in preparation. It's a hard job being a pastor. Um, And interestingly, you might not know this, but you can look up the entire um, Scooby-Doo family tree. There's a lot more than Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo involved. But then the ghost pepper, um, it is possible to die if you eat enough of the ghost peppers because they are so potent. All three are small and powerful. Today we're going to look at a very potent passage of Scripture. It is actually the shortest chapter in all of the Bible. It's the shortest of the Psalms, and it is Psalm 117. So if you could turn there, Psalm 117. And this message today is called Calling Everyone Everywhere. Before we read the psalm, Charles Spurgeon, the famous British pastor, said this about it. This psalm, which is very little in its letter, is exceedingly large in its spirit. For bursting beyond all bounds of race and nationality, it calls upon all mankind to praise the name God. Of the Lord, small in letter, is exceedingly large in spirit. Psalm one seventeen, and I think you'll remember this, is the Scrappy Doo of the Bible, is the Mugsy Bogues of the Bible, is the Ghost Pepper of the Bible, exceedingly small and very potent. So let's look at it. Verse one: Praise the Lord. All nations, extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Now, I might, I might have read, just like looking at Muggsy Bogues, if we saw him out in public in 1984, we think, Look at that little short man. It wouldn't have, wouldn't have looked like much, possibly. But then when we watch him with a basketball, we like, wow, that man is an incredible athlete. This passage may read at first glance like, oh, I'm not, I'm not getting the, the punch or the potency. But I think we're going to see it in a moment. But kids, before we get too far, so all kids in the room, I want you to look at me. So uh, if you're normally in Kids Cove and you're not today, let me see eyeballs this way because... I'm going to actually have you guys do a couple extra things that the adults in the room do not have to do, and I don't think they can do as well as you, okay? What you're going to do, you're going to do two extra things as I'm preaching. You're going to listen. That's not one of them. You're actually going to be able to memorize this whole passage while I preach. I really think you can do it, and we're going to read it a lot. And you're going to memorize the three points, okay? And I'm going to help you do that. And actually, all kids in the room, you are going to memorize the three points right now within the next 10 seconds. You guys ready? Okay, all you need to know is three words. You ready? What? Say it real loud with me. What? Who? Why? What? Who? Why? Very simple, right? What, who, why? You, you, you probably thought when you're in kids' Cove, it's more complicated over here. It's actually less complicated. What, who, why? One other thing I want to help you with just so you can get this passage, particularly for the kids, but for everybody in the room, I want you to think about Psalm 117 as a sandwich. So picture a sandwich, but maybe better than a sandwich, um, a hamburger bun with a hamburger and lettuce and tomatoes in the middle. And I'll explain what I mean. So if you could project Psalm um, 117 again. It starts with this, we'll say, the the top of the sandwich. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's the top part of the sandwich. That's the top of the roll. And on the bottom of the roll has the other half. Praise the Lord. And then in the middle of the sandwich is the content. And that's how we're going to approach it today. We're going to look at the the outer side of the sandwich. And then we're going to open the sandwich up. And then we're going to see what's inside the sandwich. The, The buns of the sandwich are the what, the command of the passage, the praise the Lord. And then the content is the who and the why. So you guys ready? Here we go. Number one, point one, the what. What are we to do with this little powerful psalm? Verse one tells us what we're to do. Praise The Lord, all nations, extol Him, all people. Praise Yahweh. Praise the Lord. Here's here's some of the descriptive words that are behind this Hebrew word. It it means praise God in a clamorous manner, in a loud manner, in a demonstrative manner. In a a manner that would, uh, if we could do it visually, would have lightning bolts and thunder in an almost volcanic eruption kind of praise. A, a very um, kind of praise that, that puts us out there that if we're committed to do this, then people are going to think we're weird at times. It's, it's this loud, expressive praise. And God is calling us to do that because of who He is. Praise the Lord. And then it has another word in your Bible. Depending on your translation, it may say extol, or loud, or it may just say praise or laud. But what it means, it's actually a different word. It means it means to speak well of someone. It means to um, it's more of a, a tender way to describe it. So the the first one's volcanic. Praise the Lord! He is awesome. He is amazing. The second, the extol is. Let me tell you how amazing He really is. Let me tell you how loving our God really is. Let me sit down with you and start with the very first day I met Jesus Christ and tell you how tender and kind and patient and loving and faithful and merciful He has been. We're to do both. We're to celebrate and exclaim who He is And then we're to speak much of Him and speak well of Him. That's what we're called to do in this psalm. Ronald Allen says this about praise based on this passage. Praise is a choice, not a feeling. We live in very feeling-oriented times. Praise is a choice, not a feeling. We are not to praise the Lord only when we feel warm and fuzzy inside. We are to praise Him even our most troubled moments, for even during those times, He is still our God. Praise is a choice, not a feeling. We don't do it when we just feel warm and fuzzy inside. And we don't do it when things are just well. No, we do it at all times. And the reason is because of who we are praising. He is always worthy of praise. And if you want to be happy, maybe you came in today, you came to church, you're thinking, I'm unhappy, I want to be happy. Maybe you're five and you thought that. Maybe you're 55 and you thought that. Well, the secret to happiness is finding your happiness in the Lord. In the Lord alone, in delighting in Him, in, in praising Him, in worshiping Him, in, in making yourself just so aware of who He is and how much He loves you. See, the psalmist said this in Psalm 34. He said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. See, we're to have an experience of this God who is awesome and mighty. And all of our joy, all of your joy, will come, in the ultimate sense, from Him alone. I wish I could convince every human being that that is true. That is what the Bible says Oftentimes, people learn the hard way when you spend a lot of time, energy, and money trying to find joy and happiness in something other than the Lord. See, He is the one worthy of praise. He's the one we're to taste and see and experience. So kids, the the first point is what? What are we to do? We are to praise Him. The second point is who's invited in? Who's invited into this celebration of praise? Look at verse 1 again. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. So we got an invitation sent out. Who's the invitation sent to? Everyone. Everyone is invited. All nations, your, your translation may say Gentiles, all peoples. Don't think of nations in the Bible like um, the United States, Mexico, China. Think of people groups, ethnicities, uh, linguistic groups. It's, 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 it's all peoples everywhere. If you want to do a little investigation, go to a website called Joshua Project, and um, they have broken down the the people groups of the world, and according to their research, there's about 16,320 different people groups in the world, about almost 7,000 of them still unreached with the good news of Jesus. That's who this potent psalm has in mind all people everywhere are called and invited to praise the Lord, to worship the Lord. It's all because of who He is and the fact that He is the Maker of heaven and earth. He's the one worthy of all praise. So, praise the Lord all nations, extol Him all peoples. Once you're done looking at the Joshua Project, look up a website called China Source. And if you look up China Source, it'll give you an example of just in China alone, there are 60 different people groups. The, here's a couple of them, the, the Dulong, the Li, the Li Su, the Shui, the Selar, and the Yao. So there are 60 people groups in one nation. But think about it, in your Bible, there are people groups like the Jebusites, the Amorites, the, the Gergeshites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, the Arvadites, the Zemarites, and the Hamathites. That was harder than I thought it was going to be. You get the point. God is all about humanity all over the globe, and He's He's calling. This 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 Psalm is sort of like I, I borrowed uh, Bob's laser pointer, so let's see if I can get to work. So work, yeah. There you go. See it. This laser pointer, you can follow it with your eyes. pretend you guys are cats for a moment. Uh, this, this laser pointer is very small, but it, is, it, it goes far. I've been practicing it for a while at my house and messing with my kids and uh, shining on them. Well, this, this one verse in this very small psalm is a laser pointer to all of humanity. All people groups of all times are being called. To praise and worship the Lord. Now, does that mean all are Christians in the world? Does that mean everybody goes to heaven? No, it doesn't, and we're going to look at that in a moment. If you have your Bible, flip over to Romans chapter 15. If not, it'll be projected behind you. Because Romans 15 actually quotes Psalm 117, verse 1. And the call to praise, the call to this worship of the Lord, all centers around coming to God on His terms, which is by faith alone in Jesus Christ. And so the invitation is for everybody throughout the world, all people groups, all nations. But the only way into the relationship is by faith alone in Jesus Christ. And this is what Romans is getting at. Romans 15, verses 8 and following. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promise given to the patriarchs in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, let all the peoples extol him. That's our verse for this morning. And again Isaiah said, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to the rule of the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Spirit you may abound in hope. A lot of words there the big idea was always God's plan to save people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. Not just Jewish people, but all people. All humanity. And if you have put your faith in Christ, you went from being God's enemy, God's object of His wrath, to a son or a daughter, to being part of the people that have the privilege to worship expressively in loud terms and in 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 ways that commend him in a kind and extolling way and we need to do that if you are in christ first peter says once you were not a people but now you're god's people once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy once you were not a people But now you're God's people once you had not received mercy. But now you've received mercy. If that's you, if that's your story, if you're a Christian now, this is you. Once you weren't this, and now you are this. That is an amazing, amazing reality. All because Jesus Christ loved you and died for you. I said it's an invitation to everyone. One of my absolute favorite verses in all the Bible that the Lord used to really encourage me when I first met him as a 19-year-old is John 6 37, particularly the first half of the or the second half of the verse. So if you're not yet a Christian, if you're not yet one of God's people, listen to this verse, particularly the second half. All the Father gives me will come to me. Whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Jesus Christ is saying to you, if you come to Me, I will not cast you away. I will not tell you to leave. I will not cast you away. I will scoop you up. I will save you. I will forgive you. I will love you. No matter what you've done, this is true if you call to Him. If you come to Him. I urge you, to call to Him. Kids in the room, if you have not put your faith, if you have not asked Jesus to save you, you can call out to Him today and He will save you forever. He will forgive you of all the wrong you've ever done just by calling out to Him. He loves, loves, loves when we call out to Him. See, it's a call to all nations And and the really cool thing about Psalm 117, though it is the tiniest little chapter in the Bible, we know it will happen. We know all humanity who trust in Christ will worship the Lord. We know there will be people from every tribe, tongue, and nation who trust in Christ because the book of Revelation tells us so. And we believe, we believe with all our hearts that there's only one way to God the Father. So I want to be really, really, really clear. Heaven is real. Hell is real. A relationship with the Lord is only possible through Jesus. But if you come through that door, it's a door that all can come through if they put their trust in Jesus. And everyone from every century who does that will be saved and forgiven. Listen to Revelation chapter 5. And they sang a new song. Love this image. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seal for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people from God from every tribe, language, people, and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. That's a beautiful picture of Psalm 117 being fulfilled by those who come by faith in Jesus Christ. See, all this is made possible because of who God is. And that's the last thing I want us to think about. We talked about the what, which is we're to praise the Lord. We talked about the who. That's anyone from any place who trusts in Jesus. But what I want you to think the most about is why? Why should we praise him? Why should we delight in him? Why should we make much of him? Why should we do it in big, loud, expressive ways? And why should we talk to each other about the love of God? Why should we do it? Well, it's because of who he is. Look at verse 2. For great is his steadfast love Toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. So we get two reasons here. First reason, great is his steadfast love toward us. Second reason, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. I think what's challenging for us, especially those who have been in church for a long time, is these. These words, that we, we just think about them a lot. We hear them a lot. They, they might not have the impact that they should on us. Verse 2 says, For great is his steadfast love toward us. This Hebrew word love is translated in different English translations as merciful kindness, loving kindness, steadfast love, faithful love, unfailing love. So it's this relentless, incredible, amazing love of God toward you, primarily displayed in him sending his Son Jesus to live and die for you. It's this powerful love. If, if you are a Christian, do not doubt God's love for you. It says, "For great is." His steadfast love. This word great is, it means mighty or prevailing. It means if you picture a big battle scene, let's say in the 1200s and you got Vikings on one side and somebody else on the other side, um, it's the strong side of the battle. It's the side that you look at and they're going to win. Great is that side. For the local football fans, it's, it's the equivalent of when Ligonier Valley shows up at any Heritage Conference football game, you know it's over as soon as the buses pull up. Their team's 20 times bigger than everybody else. The guys are 20 times bigger. Great is that football team. And you, you just, you're sympathetic to the other team, but you know it's going to happen. Happens every week. Great. See, Great is a word. It's a common word. But the psalmist here, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wants us to, he's trying to get our minds around. It's it's not just that he loves us. It's not just that his love is faithful. It's not just that his love will never stop. It's not just that his love um, shows up periodically in our lives. No, it's pushed with this word. It's this great Relentless, steadfast love that will never, ever, 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 ever run out or go away. It is endless. I mean, that would be another word you could use. It's this endless love of God toward you. And he wants you to rest in that. He wants you to believe that. He wants you to enjoy that. Great is his steadfast love toward us. Now, with that in mind, I want, I want to read a very familiar Bible verse to you. John three sixteen through 18. For God so loved the world. Now, the world he loved w- was us in rebellion against him. He so loved the world, this great powerful love, that he gave his only son. We know his son perfect, innocent, fully God, fully man, came into this broken, fallen world for one primary reason, which was to die for us. It says, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And that eternal life begins the moment we trust in him. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him and Jesus is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. See, for God so loved the world. This, he wants so bad for you and I to know how much he loves us and what length he went to display and show his love. One of the the neat connections I learned while I was studying for this passage is many scholars believe that when Jesus was um, with his disciples and preparing to be betrayed and turned over to be punished, um, this Psalm 117 was most likely part of the collection of psalms that they sang together before he was betrayed. And so Jesus himself very possibly right before he was betrayed right before he's about to die for you and i and for our sins very possibly saying praise the lord all nations extol him all peoples for great is his steadfast love toward us and you can imagine he's thinking the lord loves you so much i love you so much that i'm willing to be betrayed rejected, scorned, beaten, mocked, crucified, have the wrath of God poured out upon me because I love you so much. For great is the steadfast love toward us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus would have said. Another familiar verse to, all I'm trying to do is persuade you for how much God loves you. Romans 5. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Jesus died for the most wicked among us. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, the Messiah, the promised deliverer, died for us. Died for you at your worst, at your ugliest, at your most disgusting behavior, actions, thoughts, words, deeds, Jesus died for you. See, this is true always. God's love is great towards you. So why should we praise him? Because of who he is. Because of how radical his love is toward us. And the final reason... Second part of verse 2 and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. The, the faithfulness of the Lord never, ever, ever stops. It endures forever. You can think of any kind of product that, that a company is trying to sell, whether it's energizer um, batteries or um, a cell phone battery or a computer battery, they, they want it to last for a while but inevitably it will run out. It will will drain. God's faithfulness endures forever. There's no end to it. If you're new to faith in Jesus and you've just started following Him, He will never leave you or forsake you. He will keep you. He will be with you. He will never forget you. Never forget your name. Never forget who you are. Never forget what you're going through. He will be with you. For those of you who have been walking a long time, you know with Jesus He has been with you. He will be with you to that final day. He will be with you to that image that John Bunyan captures in Pilgrim's Progress where Christian is crossing over into heaven because he's about to die. And the water's deep and the water's cold and scary. He's going to be faithful The whole way. His faithfulness endures forever. So as life gets challenging, complicated, difficult, confusing, remember, great is His steadfast love. Great is His steadfast love. And His faithfulness will endure forever. I want you to remember this little ghost pepper of a passage. I want you to remember this for life. If you you begin to struggle, you begin to, I wonder if he loves me. I wonder if he cares for humanity. I wonder if he's actively involved with the world. I wonder if he's going to be faithful. Think Muggsy Bogues, Psalm 117. Think Ghost Pepper. Think this little powerful package that says, Praise the Lord all nations. Extol him all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. What I want us all to do, can you all stand up if the band could come up? Before we sing this final song, I thought it would be a good response for all of us to Read this passage aloud together. Now, if you've been around the church for a while, we're not a responsive reading church normally, so we're not even very good at it. Um, I'm not very good at leading it either. But we're going to read this passage with faith and enthusiasm because of the Lord, because of who he is. And then Jason's going to lead us in this final song. So everybody ready? here we go praise the lord all nations extol him all peoples for great is his steadfast love toward us and the faithfulness of the lord endures forever praise the lord